This morning's scripture is the same as last week's, 12th chapter of Romans, the first verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, as we turn once again to this first verse of the 12th chapter, we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would give us a sense of understanding what Paul is asking of us. And Father, we pray that you make it real to each of our lives, Father, that we may fashion our lives around this passage and give us a deeper understanding of its meaning this morning. Lord, I pray that the words I speak be of you and bring glory unto you. For it is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So last week, we looked at that same passage, and we saw that Paul exhorts us by the mercies of God, and that's the way he starts this 12th chapter. And we talked about how this 12th chapter was transitional in nature, in that we've gone through a whole lot of doctrine, and now we're getting ready to go through a whole lot of application, that based on what he's taught us, This is what we are supposed to do with it, or how we are supposed to live our lives with respect to knowing that doctrine. And we spent basically the entire morning last week speaking of those mercies and and how those mercies reflect on Jesus. And by demonstrating those mercies, we are in fact making much of Jesus. We are demonstrating to all the world that, that he is the source of our joy. And it is in him we find all we need in this life. And as I said, the 12th chapter goes into a lot of different details about the mercies of God and how we are to reflect those mercies, that we are to show mercy with cheerfulness, that we are to let our love be genuine, not fake, that we are to give to the saints, that we are to bless those who persecute you. That we are to associate with the lowly. That we are to repay no one evil for evil. If our enemy is hungry, then we should feed him. We are to build our life on the mercies of God and become merciful. What a lofty goal that is. But you see, that's how we are to be set apart and different and recognized as followers of Christ. And while mercy is the overarching principle behind this 12th chapter, he starts off with something different as far as application goes. He mentions mercies first. But the application or the things we're supposed to do, mercies come second. Mercies come later. And the illustration he gives us is a little bit different than the mercies here in this first chapter. By the mercies of God, which he's going to tell us about and he's going to define for us as we go through this chapter... And he tells us to do something before he defines for us 
what those mercies are. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The very last word of that verse is of critical importance. Because even though he mentions mercies first, without that last word, they mean nothing. Without spiritual worship, the mercies are useless. Mercy without spiritual worship is a social agenda. It is something that that people do. We see people demonstrate mercy to other people in a godless fashion. Without true worship, mercy is just on a list that you check off and you say, oh yeah, I should have yelled at him and I didn't. I showed mercy. Bless me. As I've said so many times, it's not necessarily what we do. And what we do is important. Because we're going to see over and over and over how Paul tells us to demonstrate mercy. But it's the motives behind what we do that is of utmost importance. Why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. Where our actions come from. Utmost importance. We can do a lot of things and we can fake a lot of different things. And we can do it for a lot of different reasons, right? So the motives behind our mercies that we're supposed to show is of utmost importance when it comes to God. The fact that we show mercy is useless if our motives are out of whack. If we are doing it to make ourselves look good, Actually, it's just serving to make us look bad in the eyes of God. It's having the opposite effect. If you're going to show mercy for any other reason than to glorify Jesus Christ or to make much of Him, I will tell you, don't do it. Because in the process, you're heaping coals of fire on yourself. So the world out there that pretends to show mercy... They're not gaining anything in the eyes of God because what they are gaining, they're gaining in this life through other people that are telling them, oh, you're so wonderful because you're demonstrating mercy. No, that's not true mercy. That's a selfish desire for someone to make much of me. So it is the motives or the motives are more important than the actions. And I never want you to lose sight of that because it's always the case in everything that we do as Christians. Your reason for coming to church this morning, if it was out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense that my, the person I sat beside in the pew is going to think that I've backslidden, then go home because you're not doing it for the right or with the right motives. The reason you are here this morning should be out of a sense of, I want to worship my Creator. And only that. 
If your spouse has pulled you here this morning, go home! Because you're here for the wrong reasons. We should be here out of a desire to worship God. It is the motives that are way more important than the actions. And I'm not saying the actions are unimportant because they're not. And we're going to see Paul talk about our actions. They're extremely important. But it is our motives that should outweigh everything when it comes, especially here, to the mercies that we see. People should be able to see from where our mercies derive. Right? Remember keeping our light under the bushel? No. You let that light shine so that everyone can see. And if we're showing mercies, and our mercies look like an unbeliever on the street, something's wrong. Because the very reason we are showing mercies is to make much of Jesus and to glorify Him. And if they can't see Jesus in your mercy or in my mercy, I've failed. If we are merely showing mercy without demonstrating its origin, then we're not making much of Jesus. We're not lifting him up we are not glorifying him if our good deeds do not exhibit the worth of God then they are not worship and they are not merciful in the godly sense Making people feel warm and fuzzy about being lost does no good for anybody if they don't see Jesus. When we have mercy on sinful people, and we're all sinful, but I'm talking about those who practice sin, when we show them mercy without them being able to see Jesus, then all we're doing is lubricating their road to hell. That's it. We're making them feel good about where they're going to spend eternity. And that's not mercy at all. Not at all. While we should love them and show them mercy, they have to see Jesus in that mercy. So here Paul gives us an illustration of worship. An illustration of true worship. And we don't often think about it in this way. Maybe. Maybe we do. He asks us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. To present our bodies as living sacrifices. Now, when we see the word sacrifice, our mind usually goes back in time, right? It usually reverts, well, either to Hebrews that we've been studying in Sunday school, which will then send us back to the Old Testament. So when we see the word sacrifice, we think of the Old Testament and the sacrifices that were required in the Old Testament, right? They sacrificed pigeons, doves, goats, bulls, all of these different things. And they made those sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. But we know that they truly didn't forgive our sins because of those sacrifices. They were just images or facades, so to speak, of the perfect sacrifice that was to come in Jesus Christ. 
And so we know that that system doesn't exist anymore. Or so we're told in Hebrews. I mean, Hebrews told us once and for all, Jesus made the perfect sacrifice. And yet here we are in Romans 12, and Paul's telling us that our bodies should be living sacrifices. How does that work? Are our bodies going to pay for our sins? By sacrificing our bodies, are we paying for our sin debt? We know that should not be the case because that's what Jesus did, right? There should be no more need of a sacrifice for my sin or for your sin or anyone else's for that matter. Paul is not saying that the death of our body in any way pays our sin debt. He's not saying that at all. That's already been done. It's already been accomplished by Jesus Christ. And so he, we, we should know that going in. So, so what exactly is he trying to tell us here? Clearly, it's our bodies and not our minds, right? Well, don't speak too quickly because those of you that know verse 2 know that our minds are going to come in the next few weeks. But right now, he's talking about our bodies. We're going to talk about renewing our minds and what that looks like in the coming weeks. But right now, Paul's focused on the body and what that means. That our bodies should be living sacrifices. And you think, well, my eyes are bad. I don't hear very well. I got wrinkles, my back's all out of whack, and it hurts. I have pain all over the place. I'm broken down in in so many ways, overweight. Why would God want this body as a sacrifice? We know that the sacrifices that he requires are perfect and pure and holy, right? Right? What a mess this is. Why would this be anything to God? Remember that the sacrifice isn't for the forgiveness of sins. Remember that. That was paid by the perfect sacrifice. Jesus did that. 1 Peter 2.5, a similar passage You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through whom? Jesus Christ. Jesus makes any sacrifice that we give to God for whatever reason, not for the forgiveness of sins, but for whatever reason, acceptable. Without Christ, any form of... Anything that we do for God is unacceptable. So everything that God, everything that is acceptable to God is only acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now God is not interested in beautiful bodies, okay? He's not interested or was not only interested in me when I felt a whole lot better in my 20s. That's not what God is interested in. It's not what our bodies look like 
that is important in this sacrifice. It's what they act like that is important in this sacrifice. He wants our bodies to reflect the true vessels of mercy that we are called to be. It's how we conduct ourselves each and every day. God demands beauty from us, but it's not external beauty. It's beauty that flows from a regenerate heart, someone whose desire it is to serve God, someone who makes much of Jesus. That's the sacrifice that he's looking for. That, that's what he's asking of us, not to have some perfect, beautiful body to sacrifice, but to have a beautiful, redeemed heart out of which will flow actions that glorify Jesus and make much of him. It is the beauty that is associated by a life of sacrifice to Jesus Christ and his cause. So here we see, I've got two words that are highlighted in red. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So the first word here is living sacrifices. What does that mean? Is that contrasted with a dead sacrifice? Is that what he's talking about? Paul's, he's definitely not talking about being a martyr. Neither do I think that it's, it's a con- contrast between death and living. Although that's obvious. I mean, we really couldn't make ourselves a sacrifice if we were dead. But I think what Paul is getting at is a living sacrifice is a sacrifice of our lives. That our lives should be made up as a sacrifice to God. That, that should be what our lives revolve around. It is a sacrifice of our very existence, is what God is getting at here. All of the actions of our life should reflect a sacrifice to God. That's what he's asking of us. Our actions should reflect, every action should reflect that Christ is our treasure. That's the type of sacrifice that, that Paul's speaking of here. That's part of the battle, right? We have to fight that fight because I know a whole lot of my, my actions don't do that. I know a whole lot of my actions want to say that Scott is Scott's treasure. And that's a battle. That's a battle every day. But that's not what Paul says we are to do. We are... To sacrifice our bodies, we are to sacrifice everything that we do every day to glorify God. So that's what he means when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, that everything in our lives serve him, worship him, and glorify him. The actions of our body should be as such that we kill everything in our bodies that do not honor or glorify him. Ergo, the battle. Our living sacrifice should be holy. 
and I've highlighted that word. What exactly does that mean? Well, if you remember this from back in chapter 6, verse 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So we are not to present our bodies or our members as instruments for unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. So here in chapter 6, he's talking about members. In chapter 12, Paul's talking about the entire body. But we see towards the last third of this verse that we are to present ourselves to God as someone who has been brought from death into life. He has saved us. He has resurrected our spirits. And we should act like it. We should act like it. To present our bodies as holy, as righteous, as instruments of righteousness. The world should be able to see Christ in our actions. Whenever we show mercy, they should be able to see Jesus. Now, they, sometimes they get a little confused on the whole notion of hypocrisy. And they don't understand redemption and being forgiven and everything that goes along with that. Which we all are a part of. But nonetheless, we should be able to demonstrate the mercies of God and make much of Jesus by the way we present our bodies. So we give our body or our members, our eyes, our ears. There's a lot going on in this muscle that's encaged in my teeth, right? That's probably the biggest way that we present ourselves as unbelievers is what comes out of my mouth. More than anything else. We want to not sound like the world. We want to sound like who we are, and that is a Christian. We want to make much of Jesus, and the easiest way to do it is through our mouths and with our tongues. To do righteousness and not sin. So what is that? that look like what's an example of that Paul tells us in Philippians 4 verse 18 I have received full payment and more I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God So Paul demonstrates what this looks like here in Philippians 4.18. He says, you gave me gifts to help me, to help me to survive in my ministry and everything else. And that gift is a holy sacrifice and that gift is pleasing to God. They gave of their bodies... Their bodies were living sacrifices. Their life reflect what, reflected what they gave. Out of what? Out of a desire to make much of Jesus. Not out of a desire to make themselves look good before everyone else. 
Now, Paul commends them for this, but I'm quite certain they had no desire for Paul to do so. It was a selfless gift to help Paul. And he says, because of that, and because of the desires of their heart that were pure, that sacrifice was acceptable and pleasing to God. So by giving to those in need, we demonstrate that God is in our hearts. We also see the same notion in Hebrews. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Praising God, doing, God, or doing good and sharing what we have. Acts of sacrifice, part of living a life of sacrifice. And those are pleasing to God. A body becomes a holy sacrifice when it is committed to God's purpose of mercy and righteousness. Fight what is evil, love what is good, and sacrifice for Jesus Christ. That's the whole notion that's behind this first part of the 12th chapter of Romans. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So we see exactly what the writer of Hebrews is getting at. Fight sin, do what is good, and share what you have. That's part of sacrificing to God. But it is the motivation that's most important. We go back to the first verse. Holy and acceptable to God. So, so what did Paul mean by these words? Holy and acceptable to God. It is because the entire purpose behind what we do are these things. So that they will be acceptable to God. God should be at the center of our spiritual worship all the time. We are called to live a merciful life, and we're going to see that play out in the future of this chapter. While our bodies are to reflect Jesus and to make much of him, it is quite another to show mercy while worshiping God in the process, and that's part of how we do it. We show mercy, and in so doing, we're worshiping God. That's a form of worship, and we don't necessarily think that, but it is. Sacrificing and doing good is a form of worshiping God. It is only an act of worship, though, when it is selfless and when it is for His glory. If we show mercy for any other reason, then it's it's worthless, as I said in the beginning. I'm going to close with, with two passages from Philippians and Corinthians. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but will with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, 
whether by life or by death. The honoring of Christ in our bodies in life is to demonstrate mercy as an act of worship in all that we do. Not as an act of, well, it's an obligation that I can check off my list and say that it's done. It has to flow from the inside out. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now there, there is something to be said in taking care of your body, but ultimately your body's going to fail, folks. Your body's going to fall apart. And those of you who haven't realized it yet, I'll give you time, because it's coming. So, yeah, we should take care of our body, but more than that, everything that we do should be glorifying unto God. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. To subject the Holy Spirit to a sinful life is unthinkable. So, crave what is righteous, abhor what is evil. And everything that we do, give God the glory that He deserves. In everything that we say, in everything that we see, in everything that we hear, and in everything that we touch. We must avoid and fight back on this notion that I believe in Jesus, and it doesn't matter what else happens or how I present myself. Because that's getting things upside down, folks. How you present yourself is going to demonstrate that you believe in Jesus. That's the truth of the matter. So if you're sane and you have to tell people, I believe in Jesus even though I may not look like it, the reality is you don't. Looking like it demonstrates what flows out of our hearts. So as we close this morning, live our lives as a sacrifice to God. Do what is pleasing and good and makes much of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, you know our hearts. You know what is in them. Father, we pray that you help us to be real with ourselves so that we can be real with you with you, and with each other. Father God, we pray that you help to fashion our lives around glorifying you, that our bodies would be living sacrifices, that every part of our being would bring you glory and demonstrate who we are as your children to unbelievers, to believers alike. And Father, we pray, Father, that you go with us and may you be glorified in every aspect of our lives. For it is in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.